Hey everyone, welcome back to the Infatuation Podcast. Got a really special episode for you today. This time we are digging into our roots a little bit and we are going to rank our favorite Chinese dishes. Yeah, the granddaddy of all Asian cuisine, I think. And disclaimer, this isn't a list of the best Chinese food ever. This is more of a personal preference list. You know, Chinese food goes deep and wide. And so we're going to be sharing our favorite dishes at different tier levels. We have assembled a great crew of guests today, most of whom you have heard on this show before. But we have a special first-time guest who agreed to come on as our expert commentator and maybe even a referee if needed. So I think you'll enjoy what he adds to the show. This show was so much fun that we lost track of time and recorded for almost two hours, which is a lot for one episode. So I'm going to split this into two separate episodes. Today will be part one and we'll have part two hopefully later this week, but we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm a teacher, so we have to give final exams next week and we have the holidays coming up. So we'll see how much I get through. But in the meanwhile, I hope you enjoy part one of this episode featuring our favorite Chinese dishes. Welcome back to the Infatuation Podcast. We're back with another ranking show. This time, I think we're going deep. We're going into the archives. We're going to go with ranking Chinese food and Chinese American food, if you define it like that. So we're going to talk about Chinese food today. So I, of course, had to bring along some experts. And we have a star-studded cast today, guys. We have for you a real expert panel. We have people from all over the country. We are uh, East Coast and West Coast today. And so we're going to talk about one. Would you say like this is a biased crowd here. But would you say the greatest cuisine in the world? Easily, for sure. Easily. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a contest. <laughs> because because it's one of the oldest. Mm -hmm. It is one of the broadest. It influences so many other cuisines. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and say this. Come at us, people, if you disagree. We are talking about the greatest cuisine in the world today. We are talking about Chinese food. And so some of the experts I brought in today uh, have different backgrounds. So let's start with Lingji. Now, Lingji and I have basically the same credentials. We're podcasters, we're Chinese, and we like food. Is that about cover? <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much it. Although you have like 20, 30 years oh, old, yeah. but aside from that, we're pretty much the same person. Yeah, basically, yeah. Lingji is the host of the Worst Asian Podcast. You've heard him on here. He's talked about New York. He's talked about Cowboy Bebop, but he is here to talk about Chinese food today. Welcome, Lingji. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I feel very qualified. I like to eat. I'm Chinese. I have a mic. <laughs> yeah. Actually, and you were, you were actually born in China. Yes, I was. I was born in Wenzhou, which is a province in uh, Zhejiang. And then I moved over to France for a couple of years, and I've been in Flushing, Queen, which is the mecca of a lot of modern-day Chinese cuisine nowadays. So I feel semi-qualified just by osmosis of yeah, where no, I am. You know, I looked at the list, and they they break Chinese cuisine into the eight eight regions, and Zhejiang is one of mm -hmm. the one of the eight. I'm gonna trust you on that. <laughs> but what what's the distinctives of Zhejiang food? Do you know? 
Oh, personally, I wouldn't know. I, my parents don't really cook that uh, traditional themselves. They they cook a couple Winslow specific dishes, but nothing that's like province specific. So I'm not the expert on that region in particular. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll ask the professor in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, and coming also on uh, from the West Coast, right, Kat? Yeah, Seattle. We're up in Seattle, Washington. We have the founder and are you, what's your title over there? CEO, creator? <laughs> well, it's a volunteer group. It's a hobby group. So I, I'd like to say like the founder and the admin of Satellation Baking. We're not like, we're not like a business or anything because we don't make any money. <laughs> we like give everything away basically. <laughs> so we amazing. should be a nonprofit. But what are we up to on on subscribers, including Instagram and Facebook, over a million? Over a million? No, right? no, nearly five hundred k, but not not a million. <laughs> Only half a million. <laughs> yeah, you know now. You know, <laughs> we're never happy. We're never satisfied. Yeah, always, always be working. And speaking of working, she is working. Uh, well, you've finished your second book, but you are promoting it now. It's going to be available in April of 2024. She's a two-time author now. She, Cat, uh, wrote. Modern Asian Baking at Home, which is available everywhere. And coming out in April 2024 is her new book, Modern Asian Kitchen, which is all different kinds of cuisine, yeah? Yeah, it's so it's not all encompassing of like the 49 countries of Asia, but a lot of it is from like my third culture upbringing and Vietnamese food because I'm half Vietnamese and a lot of Canton, Hong Kong, um, Korean food because my mom and my family loves Korean food and a lot of Filipino foods and, as well, some Indian here and there. All right. And you can pre-order that now on Amazon? Yes. Yes, please. Please. I do donate a lot of proceeds back to uh, the community, API charities and so forth. So um, pre-orders are really important. You guys know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, community, get behind this. So Modern Asian Kitchen available on Amazon right now will be delivered to you sometime in April. Wow. April 2nd. April 2nd. No joke. No April Fool's. You didn't want to do the April Fool's. No, I told them, please don't do April Fool's. (laughs) Okay. April 2, available everywhere. All right. And then we have, rounding out our panel, we have another former guest. She is part of the first family of Chinese cooking. Her family's blog is called The Walks of Life, which is a... It's basically an encyclopedia of Chinese cooking with recipes, ingredients, stories, pictures, videos, travel. It's got <laughs> everything on there. If you cook Chinese food and you don't know about Walks of Life, get over to Walks of Life right now. We have, welcome, ba- welcome back to the show, we have Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Curtis. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, thanks for coming back. <laughs> uh, what's new over at Walks of Life? Uh, well, <laughs> a lot is new. We've done, we're doing our fall harvesting. We're finishing up. We're turning over the garden to grow more, more Chinese vegetables next year. That's one of our new adventures of the past year is learning how to grow Chinese vegetables. So it's going well. And yeah, the, the mini farm is bumping. Things are happening. (laughs) Who's the main gardener between the four of you? Who's the main one out there? That's definitely my dad. Ah. Early to bed, early to rise. He he tracks the rain religiously. <laughs> uh, how we lo- how we looking, Bill? We looking pretty good out there. We got weeds growing. What's going on? We're looking pretty good. You know, my back is a little sore, so it must be good. 
Okay. <laughs> Sore your back is, the better the farm is, yeah? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you don't know, we have a secret guest. He is coming in as our uh, seafood today, as our dean of Chinese cooking, as our walk master. <laughs> we have another member of the Lung Clan. It is Bill himself, Uncle Bill. Thanks for joining us, Bill. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I'm humbled by that. that that's a little bit... Uh, uh, I'm flattered a little bit. I'm a little bit intimidated now. <laughs> no, no, no. You, uh, between us, you, you're just our dialo today. You're going to be our dialo today. Go. There you <laughs> go. <That I> can... <laughs> Bill, you're born here, right? You're born in New York. That's right. That's right. And uh, and we, I, I worked abroad for uh, three years in Beijing, and that's when we toured all these places. Uh, and it was, uh, I tell you, I, that was a great experience. Yeah. No, for sure. No, I love watching you cook too. If you guys out there, if you ever watched any uh, walks of life videos, you've probably seen Bill's hands at least stirring, shaking a walk or stirring a walk or deep frying something. It's always <laughs> fun, very relaxing too to watch you cook. I, I just, I can just do it all afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So here's the rules, guys. We're gonna do a Chinese ranking show, and this is a little different than like a fantasy football draft. What we're gonna do is place things in tiers. And so there's five different levels. The Japanese system, the highest one is called S. I forget the actual word for it, but in our in English, it'd be like superior. And those are kind of iconic dishes. So these are the dishes that are kind of synonymous with Chinese cooking and, and iconic. And then we're going to work our way down A, B, C, and D. And we can do it in any order. Let's start with the S, but we can do it in any order. And so just to just to make it fun and to mix it up a little bit, we haven't really determined the order yet. And so we're going to take turns picking. And when it's your turn to pick, you can pick a dish and maybe throw out a description or a reason or maybe even a memory. And the rest of us can too. So if someone picks a dish that you had on your list, you can chime in and say, oh, I wanted to pick this because, and you give us the reason. And then, Bill, of course, you can give us recipes. You can give us tips for making it. You can give us your commentary, whatever you like at the end of each round. All right. You got so, it. I'm a good critic. No, yeah, yeah yes, no, that's he what is. <laughs> <laughs> says the youngest daughter of the family. <laughs> All right, so let me go ahead and get the wheel out. We're going to spin this thing. Let me share my sound. You got to have the sound too because the sound is pretty amazing. All right, so we're going to spin the wheel to see who picks first in the S tier. So this is the iconic food. This is the one that... Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a classic. This is the Mount Rushmore of Chinese food. Okay, so we're going to go with the first pick goes to, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go with Lingji with the first pick. And they're going to. Wow, there's actually clapping. There's clapping. I know, I love this, Curtis. <laughs> love it. So official. <laughs> I know, right? And then the order that we're doing is going to be Lingji. Let's see. Let me get this out here and show you guys. So that was the green one. So Lingji's first. I'm going to be second. Caitlin is third. And Kat, you're going fourth on this round. Okay. So Lingji, bring us in with the first pick in the S tier. So this is a personal favorite list, right? Because I don't yeah. want to go by what's historically most prominent yeah. or most popular. Thanks, yada, yada. Because I know that. by those standards, my entire list is kind of <laughs> off. Yeah. So, so don't come at us, everyone. This is not the definitive list of Chinese food. There's only four of us here, right? This yes, is just yes. what we like. So Lingji, what would you put on your Mount Rushmore? This is a bit of recency bias because I've been having a lot of this more recently because a nice place opened up nearby that's uh, finally serving this. Shenjing Bao which translates to raw 
fried buns, I think. It's based out of Shanghai. Uh, for people that don't know what it is, just picture like a larger sized soup dumpling, xiaolongbao. So it's like a medium sized bun, but it's pan fried. It's not steamed per se. And the bottom gets super crispy. Um, the top is soft and the meat inside is super juicy. If it's done correctly, it has a very similar soup type of thing that's inside compared to soup dumplings. Uh, maybe it's a hot take, but I actually think it's better than soup dumplings. It's definitely harder to find a place that makes it well. Sure. I feel like soup dumplings are much easier to, to yeah. find it. But Shenzhenbao is usually like it requires this giant, sometimes cast iron, like uh -huh. giant thing. And there's like, you know, several of them at a time. So I can see where logistically it's, part, it's probably harder for a kitchen to actually have uh -huh. that thing. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, amazing. Now, is there, is there a region where, is that kind of Shanghai as well? Is that kind of a Shanghai thing? It's from okay. Shanghai. Okay. Yeah. No. Love those. Uh, the crisp, the texture on the bottom, the soup on the inside, a little bit mm -hmm. fluffier than like a shallow bao, right? A little, little bit more. Yeah. It's so the skin is more like a traditional bao, which you would think of like a uh -huh. steamed bun. Uh, but the bottom is su is super crispy. The top is super fluffy. If it's done correctly, it has, should have some soup inside as well. Uh, the place that I go to now, it has more. If well. It has more because proportionally it's bigger, but it has more soup than a regular xiaolongbao soup yeah. dumpling. And it's the type of thing where you really have to have it right. as soon as it comes out. Like, you know, just like a soup dumpling, you have to have it as hot as possible. If you're not burning your tongue, you're probably having a little bit too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, you got to eat yeah. it in the car. If you get it to go, you got to eat them in the car on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous to have, to have in the car. There's a way to eat those sunjin baos without burning yourself, though. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to burn yourself. But uh, What's the but secret technique? Well, I, usually what I do is, you know, I bite a little corner off and I can uh -huh. see all that soup rolling around. And uh, and then you kind of like uh, start with slurping it a little bit, let it cool off. That's what I do. Let the steam out. Yeah, you got to get that steam it. out. That's it. And and <laughs> what Lingji was saying earlier, the sun gen, it's, uh, it is, it is the reason why they call it is raw. And they put it in the, in this big cast iron pan, like he said, raw. And then they put water on it and then they cover it and then you sort of yeah. fry steam it, you know, whereas yeah. the uh, soup dumplings purely steam. Yeah. And it, and if the bottom is not like crackling when you bite into it, it's uh. just not, not done right. That's like Send a huge litmus. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Now this is the, this is the first decision we need you to make, Bill. Should we group <laughs> other dumplings together? Uh, because, you know, like, Shaolin Bao is pretty similar. Or should we keep it separate for now? What do you guys think? I, I, I think you should keep it together. I mean, uh, I you know, so. group it as a dumpling because, um, you know, it's not really, I mean, Bao should be separate, but Sunjian Bao is kind of like a hybrid between a dumpling and a yeah. Bao. So I think it's okay. I yeah, don't I know, we'll father. <laughs> I also disagree. I think it's a bow. It's bigger, right? Yeah, I think uh, we yeah, I think a dumpling so. I mean, a baozi versus like a dumpling, like a okay. baozi different. I think those that's the line for me. Okay. Well, no, I I did say though in in the instructions I said Bill gets the final word on this. Okay. Okay. Flow here. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. so if you want to be super super strict, you know, uh, Cat was right. You know, it's kind of like it has bao dough, like you were saying uh -huh. earlier. So it's a, it's more like the white bao dough instead of a dumpling wrapper, uh, but it's fried like a dumpling versus like okay. a, a steamed where so. Hey, I'm easy. If if uh, we got yeah. 
two out of the two, I guess one of you guys got to be the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, we'll just go, well, I think we'll go with Caitlin on this one because uh, it's different enough. The ingredients might be very, very similar, but the texture and even the cooking method might be different enough. So we'll, we'll cook it. We'll separate that out. So, but we'll see at the end. If we want to just group all dumplings together, we might, we may do that. But let's go ahead and keep that separate. The Sunjian Bao, thank you, Ling Ji, for that pick. Smooth pick. I was going to go dumpling myself, but now I'm not. Now I'm not. <laughs> All right. With the second pick, I'm going to go with the classic. This one has to be on Mount Rushmore, I think. Uh, it is, yeah, I have a little history on this one, too. It was actually not invented in Beijing, but we are talking about Peking duck, Beijing duck. We are talking about ping ping ya. We are talking about the all-time banquet classic. If it's a banquet without this, is it really a banquet? Is it even a banquet if you don't have this there? <laughs> so we are talking about the the oven cooked but fatty and juicy skin cut off. Now, are we going do we have a preference on on the bows, the bread, or the tortilla kind of things, the pancake things? Do we have a preference on that? I definitely prefer the pancakes. I don't really. I don't okay. think that there's any contest. So long. Let's say okay, if it's like a perfect specimen of each, right? I'm definitely going for pancake. And it's not uh -huh. to say that the little lotus buns are bad. I just prefer the little chewy experience of the little wrap. You get uh -huh. more duck with the wrap. You get more duck. More duck and I just, yeah. And it's not as filling across the rest of your meal to uh -huh. eat the wrap. Because if you have like a couple of those lotus buns, you're like, you're full. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to disagree, but I do love the fluffy bun. <laughs> I do love a fluffy bun. But uh, but yeah, so it actually invented in Hangzhou or near Shanghai because uh, that's where the duck patties were. The duck patties were kind of in the Suzhou area over there. And it's a type of duck called the Peking duck, P-E-K-I-N duck, which is a white duck with uh, the orange beak. And uh, I don't know if this is true, but I read... That Donald Duck was ba based on a pecking duck. <laughs> so the character <laughs> Donald Duck is that white duck that you see that they make this this out of. And so it was made in uh, Hangzhou in like the 13th century. And that's when Nanjing was the capital. And then when they moved in the Ming Dynasty, when they moved the capital to Beijing, they brought the duck with them. And then it became uh, Peking Duck or Beijing Duck. So yeah. So any, any memories about Beijing, Beijing Duck or uh, Peking Duck? Oh, I'll tell you, I have a lot of memories about that in, in, in Beijing. It's the first uh, first few times we went there. The the beautiful thing about that is that the ovens are usually open where you could see them. Uh, and there's a guy with this long wooden stick and he uh, he takes it, uh, the ducks on hooks, and then he kind of puts it deep in the oven. And there's yeah. uh, several of them hanging over there. And uh, I don't know how they do it, but everyone looks perfect. They're beautiful. <laughs> What would you guess? Seven hundred degrees, eight hundred degrees. I would I'd probably, yeah, it could be. I think a little bit less than that. You know, not like, but kind of like a pizza oven, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's always wood fired, and they always uh, uh, use uh, a fruit wood. Oh, okay. And they and they got to inflate it, right? They do it like a little pump to get the air in between the skin and the fat, which gets it extra crispy. Is that? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, the difference there is uh, between that and, let's say, the Cantonese roast duck is that, you know, the Cantonese roast duck has uh, has stuff and seasonings inside, 
where the Peking duck has has no seasonings inside and and the and the opening there's openings actually left for the fat and and to render um so that uh because what happens with the cantonese duck is there's sauce in the middle and then it uh-huh. uh and then it kind of doesn't crisp up as much as the peking duck yeah 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 still delicious but not quite the same <laughs> yeah right. all right so i went with peking duck uh lingji with the sunshine bao and now we go to caitlin Okay, so I was a little all over the place, and in typical younger daughter fashion, I'm not prepared. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit the silence. Go ahead, take your time. I think, check your list. I think that. So first, I was tempted to say dumplings, and I still do kind of think that, but like a like jiaozi, like pot sticker or whatever. People, you know, any yeah, that's the American name for it, but boiled or steamed or fried but i don't know it's a little bit of an obvious choice and as i was thinking about it more i was like you know what i think i'm gonna go with a cantonese steamed fish a whole fish okay yeah because i feel like it's really a pinnacle of cooking technique chinese cooking technique which is steaming and like perfectly on display for a fish, uh-huh. you know, perfectly cooked, yeah. tender, delicious, really like preserves the flavor of the fresh fish. And then two key or sort of three key herbal ingredients, which are ginger, scallion, and cilantro, which is sort of uh-huh. like a holy trinity there of Chinese yeah. cooking and soy sauce. <clears throat> Which yep. obviously is like the be all end all liquid that we live and die for. <laughs> so, yeah, I think no. that that's got to be the one for me. And and the added like it's not just a steamed fish. You're like heating oil and you're pouring it over uh, the fish at the end, like yeah, kind of enlivening those herbs over the top. And that to me is like quintessentially why Chinese cooking is superior. Those like little touches. Uh-huh. That make the flavor really pop and that do so much, just go yeah. above and beyond. And, you know, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know that that's what yeah. was going on. But it makes all the yeah. difference. But just pure. Yeah. The, and the freshness has got to be a live fish, right? <laughs> you can't <laughs> right, do this with a right. frozen fish. Right. And it's got to be. Yeah. And it's just pure flavor, like simple. My wife would say ching, like really, mm-hmm. really like clean and then symbol symbolism too, right? The head to tail, nothing to waste. That's right. The That's idea right. of completeness. Yeah. You know, some people wonder why do we put the heads on stuff, you know, but it's the symbolism of everything's complete and everything's whole and you got the cheeks on there. You got the eyeballs. Some people like to put the eyeballs in their mouth. <laughs> All the Asian dads out there like to put the eyeballs in their <laughs> mouth and get that and yeah, and then the and the bones it's like and everything. Candy. Yeah. Eyeball. No, yeah, the candy. guest the guest of honor gets the head, you know. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> or first right of refusal, I should say, right? Yeah. yeah. My my <laughs> grandma always does the faux like, oh no, nobody else wants it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And you, you're not supposed to flip the fish, right? Like that's bad luck to to anyone, any sailors out there. That's right. So you're supposed to take the, take the bone out from the top. That's yeah? right. Oh, we always flip the fish. Oh, really? 
cat. Yeah. Oh my goodness. My grandma flipped the fish. She didn't well, care. If you have sailors in your family, that's not good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. No, we don't have any sailors in our family. No, I think you're okay then. I think you're okay. <laughs> so Curtis, yep. one one thing I got I gotta correct you on a little bit here is Uh-oh. that I absolutely agree what you with what you said. Best thing, live fish. But what if you don't have a live fish? Mm. You're not going to go without. You got to go with like a, a fish that you buy at the local grocery okay, store. Okay. Shop, right. And, you know, you got to have it. It's, it's similar. It's not going to be as good as the live fish, but you still have. It. I, I concede. I concede. If you if you if you don't have any options, if you don't have a live fish option, you can go get a refrigerator fish. But it's a hundred percent better if you go with the live one. If you've sure. never, yeah, if you you got to get out to the coast, people. If you if you haven't had fish from Seattle, New York, San Francisco, Boston, you got to get out to the coast and get a get a fish that's swimming around. You point to it in the tank, and the guy catches it, and they cook it up for you right there. Uh, you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like a fresh fish. All right, and that brings us to the fourth pick in this round is Cat Lou. Well, I'm going to go with either a rice dish or a noodle dish. And then I thought oh. I've been making a lot of clay pot rices from Hong uh-huh. Kong, and Canton region. So I was like, yeah. let's go with a clay pot rice because uh-huh. it actually looks more complicated than it really is. So if you know how to make rice in a clay pot, you can make clay pot rice and you could add any types of toppings on it. So I really like just adding um, like not gumbo guiding, but like just a kind of guiding onto it, like anything you stir fry top it and then lots of scallions a little bit of sesame oil soy sauce of course um a little bit of wine if you want to and then a fried egg it's just perfect you know and then at the end you get the crispy rice so it's a dish that the whole family can enjoy right if you like the fluffy rice on top and then you like the flavorful rice and then you have the the crispiness like a chip that you can enjoy with either tea or some soup at the end so clay pot rice for me that's that's the key. The crispy part on the bottom is the key. <laughs> I feel like the the theme for the superior tier is mastery of technique. These are no slouch dishes, basically. Yeah. It's not necessarily about like how popular and like widespread it is, but like the complexity. Yeah, yeah. Though it's not necessarily complicated, but the right. flavors and right. the techniques need to be refined. Yeah. Right. And it's harder and harder to find bozai fun here. Like I know in Flushing, you would think there would be a lot of places. I can only think of maybe two off the top of my head that do it. There you used to be a few more, but but um, they've since closed down. Because I read you need to dedicate basically a whole slew of burners to it if you're going right. to serve it mm. in mass. So you're talking about taking up a good chunk of the kitchen space. So like yeah. a lot of these places don't want to dedicate such uh, real estate just for one dish. So it's actually harder and harder to find where I am. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, it probably takes like 30 minutes to get your rice ready. So you're does, like yeah. sitting there, but it's worth it. It's worth they it. always tell you it's going to take like 15, 20 minutes. So yeah. when you yeah. place the order, like it's going to take 15, 20 minutes, just a heads up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got to come to San Francisco, Lingy. We got a couple out here. <laughs> Is it any good though? Uh, I'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. <laughs> All right, what do you think? Is this a foul or not? If you get the the bojai fan out there and you're the first to get it, is it a foul to go straight to the bottom and start digging for the fanju at the bottom? Is that a foul or is that is that acceptable? <laughs> you're eating. You eat the way you want to eat. You can dig down? Okay, all right. I feel. 
<laughs> Am I the only one that when I get boards I find it's never to be shared? It's always like my own thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Depends on how big it is. Like I yeah. make ones that are this big. You can't. Oh, if it's that big, then it's to be shared. Yeah, but、and、usually I just get it, and it's、maybe. like there's a, there's a individual one. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I get、okay. it, it's my own thing. I usually drizzle the sauce like on the rim of it, so it goes down a little bit, so it's like crispy and cooked through a little bit more. Stop、okay. being such a glutton. I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, let me get the wheel out again. Good picks, everyone. We could add to it at the end. So if you have one that you think could have been on, like we may end up putting all dumplings on the top there. <laughs> that might be something we do at the end. But let's go ahead and see what happens as we go down. Now this round, we can pick any tier we want. We can jump all the way down to D, or we can go down straight one notch down to A. So it's up to you guys. So whoever gets the first pick here gets to decide what what round we're doing. Okay, let me spin this. I've got it coming up too. Oh, it looks like we're going with the baby of our group. All right, Kaylin, <laughs> what level would you like to pick at? Um, hmm. I mean, D's. So A, we have plenty of runner-ups. I feel. Okay. D is kind of a funny category because it's like. <laughs> The leftovers. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna go. Let's see, where do I think this dish stacks up? I'm gonna go. I think it's. I think I'll go A, and you know what? I think I am gonna throw in Jiaozi like dumplings、okay. in because、okay. I just think. I mean, it's essential. It's a gateway. Yeah. It is the gateway、yeah. to Chinese food in、right. a lot of ways, and there's just so many regional variations of different fillings and,、um, you know, different kinds of wrappers that you could have, like depending on sort of like the genre of dumpling that you're in, right? Like there's like、yeah. the shallowbow of the world, and then there's the dim sum dumplings of the world, and. The sort of more traditional jiaozi, which is just like your your standard、uh, standard dumpling, and I just think that the the kaleidoscope of dumpling is undeniable. <laughs> I mean, I was already sort of controversial bumping it down to A, so I gotta give yeah, it, it give it what it's due. It's like an A plus. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> right there for sure. I mean, it's not necessarily a fancy food, right? Like it's something、right. that you can just get on the street corner、right. in a lot of cities, and it's not expensive. You can get them frozen. They're actually frozen. They're quite、right? delicious, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so it's not. Yeah, it's not like super fancy. Right. And I, I but, think though that the interesting thing about it is, is that it can be as luxurious or as unfancy as you want it to be. And I think that's、right. what makes it extra exciting because it can be a real flex for Chinese chefs <laughs>、yeah. if they want it to be. But、With、it can also twenty pleats. <laughs> yeah, but it can also be like the simplest, most basic, like grandma in the kitchen just pressing them together and boiling them thirty at a time、mm. and kind of heaping、yeah. them up on a plate. So that's why、yeah. I love them and They just have their place on any occasion, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Totally scalable too, right? He's like, you got a quick lunch, you、yes. grab like four or five of them. Yes. You want to, you want to eat, eat thirty of them. Go ahead, you know. I think 
also quick note worth mentioning is that it's a communal exercise yeah, often, yeah, which is really shouldn't be like under uh underrated. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but shouldn't mm-hmm. be overlooked. Um, yeah. because I think that's such an important part of Chinese cooking, not to get cheesy for a sec, but like thinking, you know, it's a communal act. It's something that's yeah. shared and it's such a shared history and so many recipes and things are, and techniques are passed down. And that's part of why, you know, cuisine that is thousands and thousands of years old is so amazing now. So yeah, yeah. I definitely like it for that reason. I mean, how else are you going to get the family gossip? You know, you sit down in front right? of the thing of dumplings <laughs> and you stuff yeah. comes out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or three or four generations sitting there. That's really cool. You know, you got grandma, mom, and and kid doing it. Um, I know a little dumpling history for y'all. About 1,800 years old are dumplings, and there's a story that goes along with it. And I'm actually doing an episode on on stories, so I'm going to save this story for them. But it was uh, almost 2,000 years ago that dumplings were, were first written about, so they might be older than that, but they're written about it almost 2,000 years ago. And now, of course, found all over the world, right? So you have jiaozi in the north, you have uh, potstickers or sumai in the south or wonton in the south, and then you have gyoza or mandu in Japan and Korea. India, momos, right? You have momos in India. Eastern Europe, you know any Eastern Europe dumplings? Uh, Pierogies. Pierogies, yeah. Hey, and Russia has pelmini. That's Very right. similar. And of course, Italy. Ravioli. Raviolis and tortellinis. <laughs> yeah. So they like this this food, like it's like the perfect bite of food in a way, right? You could even put veggies in it. You can do fish, you can do pork. I, I think pork is kind of the standard though, right? You, you get the fat and the juice in there. Yeah. But yeah, you can fry them, steam them, you can boil them. They're just yeah, it's one of the more perfect foods in the world, I think. Truly. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you can go vegan. Yeah, there's so many ways to do it. So yeah, not a problem with picking dumplings, though. You know, I I had them in the A. I mean, sorry, I had them in the S. But mm. you know, Lingy scooped me, so that's okay. But we'll put them in the A. <laughs> we'll put them in between A and S. But yeah, good, Caitlin. You know, uh, Curtis Dongzi is coming up. You know, Dongzi is the winter solstice. And yeah. Called Dongzi. So what do people do? They eat dumplings. Got to make the dumplings. Yeah. There you know, go. It's, it's in, on the calendar. Yeah, in the in well, it's always around December, December twentieth, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Is around so uh, thereabouts, but uh, it's basically the first first day of winter, right? And yeah. uh, in the north, they everybody making dumplings, like Caitlin said, you know, whether at home or they go out to eat. Uh, and actually, in the south, a lot of people eat uh, tongyan, which is glutinous rice balls. Right. So that's right. a kind of dumpling as well. Yeah. And, you know, one piece of trivia that I thought was weird was uh, that Shanghai is actually a southern city. So the Beijing <laughs> is called Shanghai. It's like, oh, these southerners. And I'm like, oh, you mean Canton? They're like, oh, Shanghai. I'm like, oh, that's really? south of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. thought I'd add that in there for you. No, that's what you're here for, Bill. No, so yeah. So you guys got a favorite dumpling? So Lingji had his already. Kat, you got a favorite dumpling? Anything dim sum. With Anything shrimp. dim sum. Mm. Kaylin, what are you going with? Mm, you know, I got to go with my mom's classic pork with chive or pork with shepherd's purse. It's the stuff uh-huh. that I was raised on. It's it's yeah. not, 
you know, I'm going to say this. I don't, it's going to be controversial. It's not, quote unquote, the best, but <laughs> it is to me. You know what to I you? mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not like, I don't know that in a in a taste test of 5,000 people, it would win every time. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. It just has the nostalgia. So that's no. Absolutely. Yeah, I got a, I got a memory too. I, I'm going to go with uh, these pot stickers that you can get in Taiwan and they're on the street and they, they make them skinny. They're kind of skinny and very thin skin, but super crispy on the bottom and they, they have them in groups of five. And so you just say, oh, give me, give me two orders and they give you 10. And I, I just went there with like four other guys and we're kind of all in our 20s and we got like 100 pot stickers and we just, the guy was like, okay, you know, he didn't even blink. He was like, can we get a hundred or, you know, 20 orders? And he just gave us a hundred pot stickers <laughs> and we just, we just ate them there on the street. It's one of those core memories, you know, you just, just, you can't forget something like that. That's it's so awesome. Good. So good. Bill, you got a favorite dumpling? Nice. Nice. I, I go with the, uh, you know, after being in, you know, I, I thought basically, uh, dumplings were, I was going to go with cat, like any kind of dim sum dumpling, right? Uh-huh. Living abroad in China for a while, I'll tell you, it really opened my eyes. The uh, the northern uh, dumplings. So you know, I like a good. I got like a good traditional pork and cabbage dumpling. Uh huh. Is very boiled. Good. What's that? A Just bo- a boil. No, I'll tell you what, Curtis. Uh, back in my old days, I'd be like, oh, fried dumplings all day. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old or because I went to <laughs> Beijing and everybody boils the dumplings, but I like the boiled dumplings now. Okay. All right. You know yes. what? It's never too late to change. You could always, <laughs> you could always like fall in love with something all over again. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're in the A round now. So everyone get out your A list. I think after we're going kind of ladies first on this one, we'll go Caitlin. And then now we're going to go with Kat. <laughs> so I think kanji or joke oh, wow. is my A class because mm. it's so simple and it it doesn't seem like an A-class food, right? So uh-huh. in America, people be like, oh, is that gruel? Is that is that oatmeal? No, it's kanji. It's something very special. And what makes it special is how you make it at home. So mm-hmm. recently I was a little sick and I was like, mom, just make me some kanji. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> and all she took was like one cup of rice and 10 cups of water and made like the best kanji ever, uh-huh. right? Um, so I have to say kanji. And my favorite would be, number one would be tang daijou. And then number two would be um, simple pork and uh, century egg joke. Uh huh. Yeah. And then yeah. with the joke, you also get the yao tiu. So you gotta food. have the yao tiu. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my A plus because it's so versatile. It's easy to make, and yet it's so comfort comforting. Uh-huh. Um, there's a story behind it, and everyone makes their kanji a little different. You could have it more runny, or you could have it more smooth, uh-huh. or thicker, and so forth. I like mine nice and smooth. So my mom was like, "Yeah, put some oil in the rice, blend it up with your your immersion blender or like a regular blender, and you'd get the best joke ever." So I'm not too picky as long as she she makes it for me. I'm happy. Like anyone who cooks for me, I'm happy. Yeah, it's got to be moms, right? <laughs> No, I, I just got my uh, COVID vaccine a couple weeks ago, and so I wasn't even sick, but I knew I would feel a little sick the next day, so I had to get some joke. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I didn't even actually have a virus, but I was like, you know what? I got it. Just it's it's gonna make me feel better, so I had to get yeah, some. Yeah, it's like the Chinese chicken noodle soup equivalent. Yes. Whenever you don't feel good, when you're down, you just yeah. you, you you need to have it. Same thing like my son when he's sick, I'll cook that for him. Same thing when my wife is sick. It's just like a simple thing that we're all used to, accustomed to eating when you're not feeling so well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and all across Asia has different iterations of their kanji, like Korea has their kanji, or they call it JUK chuk also. Uh-huh, Very cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, Kat, does your mom does your mom actually make the tanjai chuk for you? No, she has never made me tanjai chuk, and we've only eaten it outside. She only uh-huh. makes peidan sayok chuk, or maybe sometimes fish, and then maybe sometimes like a meaty kind with meat beef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's never right. made Tang Tai Chuk before. Oh, I'm with you though. Tang Tai Chuk is so good. <laughs> but it's a lot, it's a big hassle. So you have, you most of the time you do eat it out. Yeah. 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 Well, what's the ingredient in that one? It's a bunch of things. Like it comes with peanuts and squid. And... Uh, okay. Peanuts, okay. squid. It uh, has some fish in it and uh, ginger, a lot of ginger. A lot of ginger. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Good pick. So we're, it's interesting. Yeah. I was thinking that the D level would be kind of more the homie picks, but we're kind of getting homie. We're getting sentimental in the A level. That's okay. That's all right. You you said it has to be really special and personal. There's no, there's no real rules here. Yeah. You do what you want. You do what you want. Just a very quick side story about kanji. So my mom used to make kanji for me all the time. And that's like the only kanji I ever had growing up. So my idea of kanji was her style of kanji which uh, now that I grew older and I know how to like see all the other types, the kanji she made looked basically like rice pudding. That's how dense and thick the thing was. Oh. It was so thick and dense. So growing up for the first 15 years of my life, I, I always thought, oh, kanji is like, it's really this dense. You could, you know, like a yeah. dairy queen, you could just like flip it upside down uh-huh. and you hold it over your head. So like that was my concept of kanji growing up just because that's how my mom made it. Yeah, three really cups funny. of water in there to one cup of rice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like running your jokes now? Yeah, so now I like it, you know, standard uh, density, but I grew up with it where it was just way, way too thick. Oh, nothing wrong with that, man. It fills you up a little more. <laughs> All right. La- Actually, since you're talking, Lingji, we're going to go back to you with your A-level pick. Uh, it's funny enough, I was actually going to say kanji. I actually had that lined up as oh, my wow. last thing as well. Oh, wow. Okay, Just cause, consensus. Because it's comfort food. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. the food of the rich, the poor. No matter where you are, you, you're going to have kanji, right? It's not yeah. something that you grow out of. Uh, okay, the next thing I have is suizu yu, which translates to water-cooked, water-boiled fish. Uh just by the name alone, you wouldn't think it's spicy, but it's spicy as hell because it's from Sichuan. So uh-huh. it's a whole fish, or nowadays when I go out and buy it, it's like fish fillets now. That's in this uh, spicy broth full of uh, Sichuan peppercorn, chili oils, garlic, lo- lots of aromatics. But it's it's something that I've only learned to eat like the past 10 years or so since I first had it, but I absolutely love it. Whenever I go to any restaurant and they have it, I will always get it. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had that. Have you had suizu nyo? So it's like the same thing, just with beef. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't get. Okay, uh, full disclosure, I don't have a high spice tolerance, so I don't go to a lot of Sichuan restaurants. <laughs> mm. but, but yeah, so Bill or Caitlin, you got any Sichuan takes on this dish? I mean, that's a really good pick. You're kind of alternative there, Lingji. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to pick the stuff that you guys wouldn't pick. <laughs> I, have a very sh- I have a very short list. <laughs> he only wanted to make four things. Yeah, I mean, it's that's delicious. A classic one. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. That's definitely like Kings of Sichuan. Absolutely. Mm. It's a good one. You guys can go full Sichuan flavor spice. You can go full numbing. Well, as I get older, yeah, my body is rebelling against me, but I, I would like to. Yes. 
and my <laughs> mouth can take it, but my bowel system cannot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a disconnect. Yeah. It hurts twice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The sweet tea so has a little bit of those, uh, you know, uh, sprouts in them. They have a, a soybean sprouts. sprouts yeah. You get a little, You can dig down below and you know get some soybean sprouts. Get, get some relief. Yeah. yeah. That's and it has okay. cabbage sometimes. Like when you finish up the actual fish, there's a vegetable in there. The mm-hmm. the ones I like have a little bit of cabbage in it, so you mm-hmm. can use that with some white rice later on, and you get that same flavor. That's right. Yeah, That's but great. lots of lots of lots of oil floating on lots. top and peppercorns. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you, I, we we had in uh, uh, in China, we had some some meals with the uh, with the sweet yu and uh, and also another variation called fei tang yu. It's also cooked in oil, and uh, uh, they they give you a piece of white bread, and uh, and nice. the oil it soaks up the oil, and then, <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Wonder bread style white bread or like yeah, a yotel? Yeah, I've only seen that a couple of times, but you know, because you know, it's kind of wimpy, I think. But, That's you know. definitely one of those modern China inventions, recent invention, I think, for the uh, for the young people. <laughs> so, so you're not eating the bread; you're just using it to soak up the oil. That's right. You're not eating the bread, no. Oh, I thought you were soaking it up so you can eat it. <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> That's a waste of bread, no. <laughs> I was like, "That's hardcore." Right. Is it stale bread? <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. No. I, I like to pick, Lindsay. You got to get get all the regions in here. We got to get all the regions. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go West Coast, Cat. I'm gonna go San Francisco for all you uh, West Coasters out here. We like it is right now recreational season for Dungeness crab out here on the West mm-hmm. Coast. And so that, if you don't know, it is one of the sweetest, meatiest crabs. You can, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of work to get the meat out, but is compared to other crabs, it's pretty meaty and just so sweet. If you get it in December, don't get it in the summer when you're on the West Coast, well, unless you're in Alaska. But if you're out here, our season is roughly like December to May is when the freshest crabs come right off the ocean. And there's a restaurant here in San Francisco called RNG Lounge. I'm going to give a shout out to RNG Lounge on Kearney. And they do this thing called salt and pepper crab where mm-hmm. they, they bust the crab up into pieces and then they, they batter the shell. Like So the shell is actually battered. The meat is inside the shell and you're battering the shell and then you sprinkle on your salt and pepper, which we all know is really MSG and pepper. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're seasoning up the batter and you're frying this thing and it is so good. So you get it and you're kind of like, what do I do? Well, what you do is you eat the batter off of the shell and then you get the meat out of it and you kind of get this mouthful of this crispy fried bat, deep fried batter with the the crab meat and they do it better than anyone else. Other There's other imitators out there, but you got to go to RNG Lounge. So I wanted to give a shout out to a local favorite out here. So it's called Salt and Pepper Crab over here at RNG Lounge. You guys, Kat knows all about Dungeness Crab nice. up in Seattle. <laughs> How did you know that? Yeah, I know. I know my <laughs> West Coast Seattle. a little bit. Yeah. No, actually, it had a lot in um, New York City in the Chinese restaurants, and they yeah, make it with yeah. the salted egg yolk. Okay. So and they call it bacon. So good with the salted egg yolk. I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. to cut you off. You put like anything a, in like salted egg lollipop. yolk. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. I had this thing recently with a nangua chao xian dang huang. So it's yes, like yes. fried pumpkin. It's fried and then it's uh, tossed and that's all the egg yolk. So, oh my God, it makes everything better. I'm about to put like my, I don't know, what the, my croissant and salted egg yolk or something. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Do that. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why those yeah. chips are so popular, right? Those urbans. Yes. Urban, that's, there, there's a funny, like, I would say five year lag 
it seems like on food trends coming from China to here. Oh, because we visited well, maybe even longer, honestly. We were eating that pumpkin salted egg yolk back in, I don't know, like 2014. Uh-huh, and it was uh-huh. like oh, wow. super popular back then. And only now in New York, I feel like, is it like hitting? <laughs> uh, but now no, Flushing is becoming the international province of China. Seems. That's right. It is. That's yeah. right. It it's, is. Been, though. it's been. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you, yeah, you brought the family down to New York this weekend. Yeah. Was that was that a family trip down to Manhattan? Oh, yeah. We we were in Manhattan. We were we were running some errands. It was uh, me and my mom did a quick little jaunt, had a okay. little adventure. Yeah. <laughs> OK. OK. But yeah, if you can get your hands on a, you got it now. Bill, I think you got to go live crab on this one. <laughs> it's got to be in the tank. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best crabs I had was up uh, was up in Oregon. I think it was around this time and we were traveling in the RV and we were just walking along the side, and a guy had twenty five bucks of crab in in a big like garbage pail, a bucket, right? Like, <laughs> take one of those. Best crab I ever had. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be alive right before it hits the be pot. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's different ways to do it. But I like this way that they do it at that restaurant. But yeah, scallion ginger crab. You know, there's all these ways to do Dungeons crab, or just just boil them and just eat it. <laughs> you don't even need to be fancy. Put a little garlic and butter on it, and you're so fine. Curtis, here's a question for you. Uh-huh. When you eat that salt and pepper crab, are you a shell eater or not? Ooh, eat the whole, sh- eat the actual shell. You know some, you know because sometimes the 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 Dungeness crab, if they're kind of like sweet, very sweet tasting, the sh- the shell is is is. Soft and I'm enough. not talking about the back shell, right, or the, right, right. the leg shells, but yeah. inside, it's the more tender shell, and uh, it's kind of the white. It's like kind of when you open up the crab and uh-huh. then you have a little bit of the thin shell. What they'll do is cut it into segments, then they'll 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 kind of like uh, douse it with a little cornstarch and, and flavoring, yeah. and then deep fry it, and and a lot of that shell turns out like a, like like little potato chips. Yeah, no, if it's thin like that, yeah, the inner body shells. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, inner no, if you fry shell, those up, yeah. yeah, you fry those up, I'll eat those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> that and I'm just kind of lazy. I don't like to pick my. I don't peel my shrimp. I just. <laughs> I just you know, there you go. You're Man, a soft shell crab kind of guy. Yeah, soft shell crab, or I just you know I'm just too lazy to pick the shells off the shrimp, so I'll just eat the whole thing. <laughs> All right, I think I think we are done with two rounds. Yeah. I haven't been writing any of this down. So. I, I have it written down, Curtis. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I think uh, a day from now, I won't remember any of this. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. All right. So are you ready for some trivia facts since we're in between rounds here a little bit? Sure. Okay. Which, so we all know that China invented a lot of things, right? <laughs> like, I think, now there may be some debate on this, but I think pasta, I think most people agree pasta was invented yeah. in China. And uh, this one may be a little debatable as well, but alcohol, I think fermented grains were first done in China. Which of the following was not invented in China or, or developed in China? Ice cream, sushi, wheat, kiwi, or ketchup? What? No ice cream, right? What kind of list is that? <laughs> so- it's super random. It's super random. So ice cream, sushi, wheat, kiwi. Let me Google or that real quick. You can no, no, Google no, Google it. Google it. No, Google it. No, Google it. Well, I think it's ice cream is not from China. Okay. That's my ice- Wait, say it again. I'm sorry. I know ketchup. Ice is. cream, ice cream sushi. sushi, 
wheat, okay. kiwi, and ketchup. I'm gonna say you, it's all very technical. I'm gonna say ketchup was <laughs> ketchup. not. Ketchup was not. Absolutely okay. not. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I'm Bill, gonna say ice cream. Oh, okay, sorry. Two, to jump two for ice cream. Bill, what do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> My instinct would be going to for ice cream. Okay.、Uh, I I had read that ketchup was. Um, from China, so I know very definitively. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So、I、ketchup was a, a、uh, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our good friend Isabel. Oh、um, my god. But yeah, it was a that was a Hokkien fish sauce, and then、oh. they added tomatoes. When they got it to Europe, they added tomatoes to it. But、uh, oh, okay, so, okay. So ketchup was、um, sushi was actually invented in China and then brought to Japan. Kiwi, like kiwi isn't it? Huh? It's kiwi. No, kiwi actually was native to China and then brought to New Zealand. So、mm-hmm. kiwi also in China, which leaves us either ice cream or wheat, and the answer is wheat. wheat. <laughs> oh, ice cream. Wheat. The, I know wheat was、uh, in the Fertile Crescent, kind of the、uh, Etruscans and that. I、know? guess that makes sense. So yeah, they didn't、uh, do a lot of baking, like the Western type of baking. Yeah, Western. So yeah, like frozen cream. Even though much of China is lactose intolerant, in the north, <laughs> in the、right. north, I think northwest, they were able to freeze some cream, probably some yak milk or something. They were freeze it and add a little. It wasn't sweet at the time. It was just a kind of a frozen cream thing. But yeah, technically invented in China. All right, all right. So what happened was they、uh, the wheat got introduced, and then the Chinese went crazy, and they they invented soy、yes. sauce <laughs> and the noodles. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, that you know that's how things work. A lot of times, is you don't have to invent it; you just have to be good at it. You have to perfect it.、Uh, all right, you want to guess how many Chinese restaurants are in America? It's in the tens of thousands. Huh. Interesting. Tens of thousands. Like、we'll do prices, right? Rules. Yeah.、Uh, oh, yeah. Whoever. Well, I'll say whoever's within. I don't know. Five thousand. I'll give you. I'll give you credit for it. I'm gonna say eighty. Eighty-eight thousand. Eighty-eight. Lucky eighty-eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight. All right. Cat, <laughs> what do you think? Throw a number out. Fifty-nine thousand. Fifty-nine. Lingji. Fifty-nine thousand and one. Oh. Okay. <laughs> And Bill, hey, I'm just an observer. I don't even know how many McDonald's or Subways there are. I don't、uh-huh. know. Five thousand? How much? Twenty-five thousand? Twenty-five. Too conservative. Well, well,、oh, oh. okay. Well, I got to do some math in my <laughs> here.、Uh, technically, I think. Well, okay. So wait, Cat and Link. Lingji around fifty nine thousand. Okay, I'll just tell you the answer. You guys do the math. The answer is forty five thousand. Oh, and when did when、so、did fourteen prices right rules? You guys are all over. Yeah, they're over. <laughs> <all nice. laughs> well, anyway, you guys you, between the two of you, you guys are pretty close, pretty close. But、uh, that's more than all the McDonald's, KFCs, Taco Bells, and Pizza Hut and Wendy's combined. 
So that's 45, not surprising. There's like yeah. so many fast food yeah. Chinese takeouts. All Chinese, yeah, okay. and, and sit down and take out. Yeah, so that's a lot. So Americans, you know, we think of Chinese food as being quote unquote foreign, but it's probably more American than a lot of other cuisines if you think about how long it's been here, that's as right. well as how many iterations there are. So yeah, so don't don't call Chinese food foreign. It is American in a lot of ways too. I mean, it's from when you know the Chinese workers came to build the railroads, right? Yeah, and they yeah, had yeah. to feed. The workers, so then the food got assimilated. Yeah, 170 years. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to do it for part one of this Chinese food ranking show. We only got through two rounds, but don't worry, we got three more rounds to come, and we got lots more cooking tips from Cat, Kaylin, and Bill. It's a lot of fun. I think you're gonna enjoy it. So stick around for part two. I think it's gonna come out later this week. But until we talk to you again, we hope that you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We will talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.